Welcome to Essie's Hour of Love! Episode 21. Yeah. But we have some notes to say first. Yes. Before introducing the episode, guys, we had a pretty big week. We had the most listeners we've ever had in a week. Woo-hoo! Get more excited. Guys. I'm excited, okay. but it's hard next to you. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because I get really... You get really excited like I didn't know you'd hit record. Oh. And all of a sudden you were going. Oh, I can... Yeah, I can... No. Uh, and we've also uh, got accepted on to Stitcher. Yeah. So Stitcher, for all of you Android users is apparently your podcast app of choice, and we were not on it, but now we are, and we are very excited to be opening the world of Essie's Hour of Love to everyone else. (laughs) On Stitcher. Uh, What else do we have to say? Um, And then we... Oh, we are in the kind of... in the search for some men, preferably older men, to have on the podcast. Yes. So if anybody knows anybody over the age of, say, like 40? Yeah, 40, 45. Yeah. Of the male gender, we would love to bring them on. Bring some diversity to... The it's just <laughs> sort of showing that we... Uh, the interviews. Yeah. And I, I feel like if I was back in Australia, I would know a lot more older men. But for some reason, it just seems a bit harder here. I'm sorry. But once it gets going, I think it will be good. Then we'll get them on. Yeah. So we're, we're, look, we're looking for some older men. Mm-hmm. And finally, if you enjoy the podcast, oh, yes. uh, please, you know, feel free to uh, put a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you can put a review uh, for us because it, it really helps and we're just we're just we love feedback we love constructive criticism and hang on do we not really but you know it's nice <laughs> to get something some sometimes i was saying just a positive review oh, yeah. would be great <laughs> tell us you love us <laughs> all right anyway uh this episode is aitana I have just started a new job at sidley advertising agency and um i sort of noticed her She's very beautiful and vibrant and charismatic uh, person. Like on like the first day I was there, and I had a gut feeling she would be good on the yeah. podcast. Uh, so she's come on, but I don't. You know, we're just getting to know each other. What does she do at Sidley? She works in like the biz dev um, oh. sector. Yeah, and I think she's a. I think she does a billion different things. So it's, yeah, hard to say. Uh, but um, she was a delight to have on, and she really had a, 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 a great story for um, for us. And I really hope you enjoy. Bye, Bye guys. Loving anyway. Come and find me. I don't care. Aitana. 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 And some people say Aitana, and then there's all kinds of distortions that I've heard throughout the years. Aitana. Aitana. Where are you from? So originally, uh, born in Spain, my my mom is from the Basque country, my father's from Nicaragua, and they were both there when I was born, and so I born and raised in the north of Spain. And then at around the age of three or four, my parents immigrated to Montreal. And so I grew up in, in Quebec, Canada. I've been to Quebec. You have? I took 15 15-year-olds to Quebec. When, oh, God. When I worked at the summer camp in Maine. Oh, my. And it was, I don't know what I'd imagined of Canada, but it wasn't Quebec. 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 I, I mean, I was thinking that Canada... Canada was just like a, a bit more of a colder version of Australia in some ways. Hmm. And then I'm in this, I felt like I was on a scene of an olden day French film. And I just had no idea that this was, I didn't know the French element of, of Canada. I, I just baffled, I guess we didn't learn that at school. I yeah. Don't know. 
Um, but it was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It really was like on a movie set. Yeah, I'd say so. I think it's a pretty fascinating place, even going back to it now, um, looking at it in, in some ways with fresh eyes. I, I, every time I go, I have, I'm filled with, there's a lot of romance mm. uh, in the air. Um, and it's not necessarily because of the way that people treat each other. It's more like there's so much culture all around, you know, and not only French Canadian, even the immigrants, they have their own thing. It's immigrants that speak French. There's such a, you know, uh, mosaic of... Yeah, you couldn't pinpoint it in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it was such an array of culture that I'd never seen before. Yeah. And, and passion is celebrated. And everything that is made there, it's, you know, from food to wine to festivals to anything that is done there is done with a lot of heart. Mm. And, and you can tell that they're not trying to suppress in some ways the individuality or the, you know, kind of personal sensitive touch to things like sometimes in America, you know, in order to be more accommodating or in order, you kind of sober up, you kind of make it more an equal playing field for everyone to adopt while well, over there it's you know it's so it's so quaint and mm. and insular in so many ways that it, passion is celebrated and and you know you take a lot of pride in highlighting the things that you you think matter or that you are into and that's that's what gets rewarded over there mm. and I, I think you can tell when you get there, that there's it's just people are serious about what they do, no matter what it is. So where have you spent most of your time in life? I'm going to shut the window because there's um, some police action. Yeah. Going on. It's some like a bit some of New York background. Yeah. Um, that's a hard question. I think probably in the amount of years, um, Montreal, most probably, because I, you know, I was probably four when I arrived, and probably 18 when I started leaving. Um, so that's a long time, but, you know, in my adult life, it's been, I, I'd say I spend more time, in, all in all in my life, I spend more time outside of Canada than I have inside, just not in one particular place. Is that because of the modeling career? Mostly. That's how it started. Yeah. Started traveling around uh, when I was like about 17, started going to, within Canada, and then at 18, finally when I was, well, actually, I, the first time I went to Italy, I was 17, turned 18. Uh, basically on the way there and um, freedom yeah it was pretty amazing that was surreal can you I can't even believe that happened I just when I think back when I think of when I meet people that are about 17 18 nowadays and I think if you were handed the opportunity of going alone to Italy tomorrow what would that look like and I just can't believe that I was allowed to do that by both you know opportunities in life but also my 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 parents, parents. my mother that said, yeah, I think you're mature enough to do this. So what was it? What was the opportunity? Um, I had been scouted by an agency in, in Milan. And uh, yeah, they wanted to sponsor me to go there and see if the market would be Pick interested. Yeah, the mar- if they could sell me in that market. They, they, thought, they thought so. They're like, we're going to put the risk up front and, you know, sponsor you and get you set up and then you're going to just you're going to try to get you clients and I took it and that was you know the rest is history did you as when you were younger though did you think about a modeling career no not at all um I think fashion was always in my life one way or another but um not in that I I wasn't thinking you know it's funny because when I was very young my aunt was very esoteric always drew you know astro maps of things and into like she was always giving me intuitive like things that she thought I would be mm-hmm. she always told me she's like well you know it says and she repeated it many times but she would said you know I thought you're too young to understand but you know know that you're bound for greatness and you're gonna be you're gonna work you're gonna end up working for a long time in the in uh, the arts in culture and you're gonna be um, very visible so I don't know how that's going to translate in, 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 in your life, but know that that's what you're in some ways destined to accomplish or in some ways given the tools to accomplish. And I, you know, and she said, she mentioned fashion as well. And so 
that in the back of my head, I had always remembered that, but I, I didn't see that. No. My interests were in communications and history and geography and politics. And, you know, I was like, what is she, you know, what does that all mean? Well, she can't be right. I mean, we're not card, whatever. <laughs> but it's funny because fashion found me and arts and culture found me and everything, you know, it, it, it's just, it has a weird way of manifesting itself. And, um, you know, I participated in a fashion show when I was 12 years old at school and like things like that. And I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer as well. And that was short lived. Um, you know, my yeah, drawings, so my girl, my, my drawings were grotesque and I had no <laughs> desire to work in that ambit. So, you know, that was, I kind of let that one go quick. I was like, no, but then it found me and, uh, you know, I, I took the opportunity. So how was it? How was it in... Oh, that's a whole other... A whole other... That's a whole, whole other episode. Yeah. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. So, okay. So today we do... We want to kind of go a bit on uh, the love path on Essie's Arab Mom. The love path. Um, and so I don't... I really know nothing. I know that you and I have had... Because uh, we've just started working together. Yeah. So I would say we're just at the start of our friendship. Um, <laughs> and we've had like a little conversation about marriage and we had a little conversation about religion and then we went and got a coffee yesterday and we walked past a very attractive man and you weren't ready to turn around and and go have a chat <laughs> so like and so just observing i'm like this chick's ballsy <laughs> but what if how what has your journey been like in this love world or, or what how do you see it so you know there i think there's so many things to say about love you know you can you can we can speak about self-love, uh, love of others, um, and uh, romantic love, and that has so many angles and stratas and all these things. But in some ways, for the purpose of you know our chat today, I thought I wanted to give a little bit of a personal uh, take on all this, and I think you know a good starting point to the ongoing conversation about love and i hope that we have many 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 more to come i bet we will um but i think you know for the purpose of storytelling and and sharing something a little personal i thought it was fair to start with the the experience that i had that you know kind of took my breath away the most um because i think in some ways it set up everything else it set a standard and a foundation for you know, what I now recognize as, uh, or at least it became in some ways a um, um, reference point for me. I've, you know, I once, I once lost my mind for love and, and, and I think that story now, and not that I want to reproduce it, but I know what that feels like. And, uh, and, and I, you know, I strive to have that happen again. And, uh, I guess the story, in some ways, the context of the story begins in uh, when I was a teenager. You know, and probably around the age of 14, I, I was chatting with a girlfriend of mine in high school, and we ended up, our high school was very big on volunteering, and we ended up being in the same volunteer causes, you know, the African Film Festival, the Afro-Cuban Afro Music Fest, you know, the, you know, amputated, like, northern african drummers or like you know so many different weird things and and we, we started chatting and we realized that we both had this uh fascination for brazilian culture why i don't know why <laughs> two fourteen zero. i think you know i think at the time brazil was in the news because you know the world cup and um mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, what was that sultry dance the lambada Ooh. the lambada was playing and you know, there was there was some keys being there. Was, you know, there was talks about Brazil, so it, it's not so unusual. It's not that obscure, but you know, she was a blonde, blue-eyed girl, and our Spaniard, nothing to do with that. But I think I think our interest in culture could be in some ways embodied by the rich culture of Brazil. It has so many aspects to it. You know, the Afro, the Afro uh, culture from the north, from Salvador, you know, rooted in in slavery and hardship and you know, the native uh, Indian culture from the Amazons and then all the European influx to Rio de Janeiro. And that created, a, you know, the bossa nova and created literature and poetry, very rich mm. and mixed with all these roots. And it was just so original. And I thought it was topical at the time because it's, you know, all this, uh, you know, 
mishmash of things in one country. And now the country was opening up to the world. And um, anyway, so we, we discovered that we were both interested. And she researched and she found a group of, uh, of people that, that practiced capoeira. Capoeira is um, kind of a dance acrobatic martial arts um, that comes from, from the north of Brazil. Um, it, it, it was born from, from uh, workers, you know, people in camps, working camps, African slaves, you know, working the fields, rubber, rubber trees and all these things in the north. And at night, what they would do, they would, um, you know, gather around a fire and sing and chant songs from their countries and, and they would start practicing this, this, uh, this tradition and, and secretly it was meant to protect themselves. And so mm-hmm. they would fight with, you know, uh, blades in their ankles and, and, and weapons in their uh, wrists. And the, the point was to kind of camouflage it as a dance. But in fact, it was a lethal technique of combat. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, mixed with, in, you know, throughout the, the decades and centuries, mixed with the music and, and all that, it transformed to what it is today, which is a lot more acrobatic than right. it was. And so we discovered this group. We couldn't sign up because they were, it was meant for university students. But, you know, we were shysters and we went back and were persistent. And finally, they, you know, they let these two 14-year-old, you know, like picking their nose, like <laughs> giggling into this class with all these uh, university students. And I think everyone knew that we weren't going to university, but no one asked questions and they welcomed us. They saw that we had zeal for it and... And, uh, you know, the, the, the professor, this, uh, this uh, really beautiful human that um, was a micro, uh, microbiologist in the Amazon, and that's how he got into capoeira, and he was a Canadian. And anyways, so we started doing capoeira, and that, that, uh, and that lasted for about five years. Wow. Going twice, three times a week for five years at that age is huge. Mm. It really, really, really molds the way that you operate. And in that class, not only did we learn capoeira, but we also learned the chants from, you know, from Salvador and, and, and Africa. And we learned how to play the instruments and we learned about the history and all that. It was so rich. And I think that was set up. That was in me. I had... Yeah, you're also hanging out with college people as well, like yeah. an older older crew. Yeah, which yeah. Which would have been interesting at the age of 14. It mm. was. It was just... Every, you know, what united us was mm. the same kind of concepts. It's just being part of a group that is peaceful and warm and, and interested in, in history and culture. And it was just great. You know, we made great friends. Now, so that I carried with me. Now, for, fast forward to the first year of university. I'm probably 20 years old. And at this point, I'm not doing capoeira anymore because I'm traveling a lot. And I signed up for university in Montreal, but I'm living in Europe. And so, you know, and traveling all the time. It was just my home was my suitcase. And I remember my first semester, my first class, the first day, I sat in this international relations class. And the girl that was sitting right behind me, we ended up, they ended up asking us to get into groups and work on a project. And I just turned around and said, hey, she looked forward and we're like, hey, hey, and <laughs> I didn't know that at the time, but she became my best friend. Mm. Sarah's a Lebanese and grew up in many places in the Middle East and then ended up in Montreal. She's an awesome person. She's like my sister. And Sarah was dating a Brazilian man at the time. And, uh, you know, this, the, the, that academic year finishes and I'm set to go travel to Europe and spend, uh, you know, six months in Italy. And before I left, she said, I have a gift for you. Take this on your, on your journey. She hands me a c- CD. The time we were living, you <laughs> know, absurd. But anyway, so I go with my, you know, my round CD, and I'm like, I, I wonder, yeah, but yeah, and my CD player, and I'm like, I wonder what Sarah put together. Who knows? And turns out it was her favorite Brazilian songs, and mostly from this one band called Revelação, who um, I didn't know at the time. Uh, it's kind of folkloric, and it's a little bit embarrassing saying that. You like this group. It's like saying you like Garth Brooks. Okay. You know, it's it's exotic when you're not from here. But when you're from here, you're like, what do you like? Yeah. What is going on? So I traveled with the CD and it was one of the few that I had. And so I listened to it all the time. And 
So one day I'm in, you know, I'm in Milan and I get a call and they're like, oh, you got booked on a job for diesel. And it's a job with, uh, you know, they hired about 20 models from our one agency. Um, and you guys are all going to travel to Diesel's uh, hometown, which is two hours away from Milan. So they pack us on a, on a bus and they take us there. And we worked for about two days. You know, it was um, fashion shows and presentations and all this thing. Are you enjoying this work? I was. At the time, at the time yeah. it was like I could not believe what my life was like. Okay, cool. You know, I'm 20... 20 years old, I'm, I live alone, I have an, I don't live alone, I live with six maniacs, but lovely maniacs from everywhere in the world, and it was just, a, you know, but I'm like on my own, mm -hmm. paying my rent, and going, you know, making your way, yeah, yeah, and, and the, you know, the people you meet, and the things you see, and the things you eat, and the un unbelievable places I've traveled, they're just out of control, the situations, you learn how to like, to mentally survive a lot of very hard situations, you know, and um, it was amazing. I was, you know, I'm just feeling so blessed. So in this job, so we spent two days, the whole group, we spent the two days together, and there was, a, you know, people from Russia, Korea, um, you know, ca Canada, Australia, Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, you know, like anywhere. It was just such an array of people, and we're just all fashion models doing our thing but we bring what we know and so you can see the Canadians are kind of have a little group and the Brazilians have a little group I'm more of a lone lone ranger in that way where I'm like eh, I'm gonna do me and I noticed that the Brazilians were playing music and they were just so rowdy and I'm like ha ha Brazilian yeah. of them you know but I couldn't help but being attracted to that group because they were having the most fun and And there was one particular man in that group that was older than um, the rest. Most people were like 18, 19. And this guy seemed like a man at the time. And I noticed him and I said, you know, everyone's quite attractive. But I don't know, he had something different. He seemed like a papa. You know, like he was kind of the, the, old, the older wolf in the gang. And he, you know, he was just, I don't know. He, something attracted me to him. But I didn't put too much mind to it. And then we ended up coming back home so we're on the bus and he ends up sitting next to me and so I'm listening to my music and at one point he taps on my shoulder and he goes I you know I have a beer that I smuggled in my bag would you like to share it with me and I said yeah I'd love so you know he pours a little beer on a glass and we're sharing and he's like what are you listening to and I'm like uh actually it's funny I'm listening to Brazilian music and he's like what and I'm like yeah I'm listening to the cd my my girlfriend uh made for me And he's like, well, what, what's on there? And I'm like, oh, a bunch of things. And we start listening to it. And he could not believe that I was listening to this Revelação, which is like, like, girth, like you would never believe that anyone outside of Brazil listens to this stuff. Anyways, he was like, I cannot believe, like how? And I'm like, oh, you know, well, my girlfriend, you know, and I explained a little. And you that talk was, about your, the, the classes that you've done? And, yeah, yeah. We, we chatted. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, you're an honorary Brazilian. Mm. Like, we, we have to hang out. Like, you would love our group. Like, da-da-da-da-da. Uh-huh. We, you know, we say bye after the bus, and he goes, I, you know, I hope to see you again very soon. And I said, yeah, I'm sure we will. And the following weeks, we... But how are you... Th I mean, are you... Are at you, this point, no, I just... At this point, I just think he's, uh, you know... Good guy. A good guy, you know. Interesting conversation. Uh, nice and... You know, of course, I'm like, oh, <laughs> well, but, uh, you know, nothing major. It's just like, yeah, he's, I, I, we'll see each other. Again. Yeah. And so we crossed paths uh, several times in the following weeks, but it was always in a rush and all that. And finally, um, one night, you know, in the, the weeks, if not the months go by and one night we ended up in the same party. And uh, our friends were all kind of the same, you know, the same groups. And, and we see each other in the party. And he, that time he wasn't, he, he wasn't shy. He came straight away and he just started uh, courting me. And I was, okay, I don't know about this guy. Like, I'm not sure he's such a nice guy after all. And I'm like, okay. But he was just on a mission. And um, anyway, he courted me, you know. He found my number through a friend of his uh, that knew someone that knew someone, and they asked, and he, I get a, a text message one day, and he's like, you know, I'm going to the park, and we're going to be doing capoeira, and thinks you should come. 
Um, and that was, that was basically, that's how it all started. So I went there and it was just like, we connected immediately and, you know, but probably not too long after he moved in with me and, um, and we spent the whole rest of our time in Milan together, like living together. And what, what was it, what did you, what did you fall for? What was it about? It felt like family to me. It felt like family to me. We were from completely two different places in the world. You know, he had, I think he was six or seven years older than I was. Um, he had had a whole career before. He worked, actually, he worked in advertising in Brazil. And then, you know, the economy in Brazil was really bad. And he got offered this opportunity. He could make more money with it. So he left behind his, you know, secure job to go travel the world and see what could, what the world could give him back. Um, so, you know, different, and I was in university, it was very different places, but mm. it felt like home, like, and we spoke English together, but it felt like he could tell me certain things in Portuguese and I would understand what he means. And I would, when I would get angry, I would get angry in Spanish and he understood what I meant, you know, and it was just like natural. We never really talked about what, what it was that we were doing. It just happened. And I think we were very content with that. And, and, you know, months, a couple months went by and he had to, Get, get going, went back to Brazil, I believe, and I had to get going, I had to go back to my semester. So I went back to Canada and we just very, very warmly said, see you later. Oh, wow. It wasn't a breakup, it wasn't anything, it was just kind of like, on we go. And we kept in touch through email at the time, Hotmail, <laughs> and he would send me emails like regularly, like once or twice a month. Just telling me how he's doing, his family, his things, his friends, stories, where he was traveling. And he was traveling a lot. And I was more, you know, a little less because I was in, in school. But, you know, and, and we, we pen pal. You know, the months and then the couple years went by and I met someone else. I, I was dating a, a Palestinian Jordanian at the time. Wonderful man. And uh, in Montreal. And then I got the opportunity to go to Paris. You know, a lot of clients were offering me a lot of jobs out there, and they're like, "Okay, you gotta, you gotta be the, you gotta be here." So I took the, I took the opportunity and and moved to France for six or eight months, and worked there. Had I'd, you had you graduated? No, I was no. still still in school, and but you know, I was in doing intense intense semesters, and then le you know, doing two. What were you studying? Political science. Oh wow. Yeah, so I had to close. Yeah, I had to get close with my professors because they had to understand that I couldn't concept. But I was back and forth, and so at this point, I'm you know I'm I'm long distance in school. I'm you know skyping my professors to catch up and things, and at the same time, I'm living in Paris and working there all alone. And um, Paris is hard. Paris was very very challenging, but you know. And things you know so you kind of I, I matured a lot I think why, why was it challenge was it the industry that was more challenging yeah. or the culture or well it was there in winter okay that was very cold you're also from Montreal though I mean I but you never get used to the no, cold no you don't. you don't and it was just kind of it was cold and 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 the Parisians are wonderful and Paris is incredibly beautiful but it's I for me it was just hard it's just for whatever circumstances, it was just... And were you enjoying your life in Montreal at the time as well? Like... I was. Yeah. But I was very much... Happy to go somewhere else yeah, as well. Yeah. I did. You were... you know, for me, Montreal was only... I was only going back there because of my family and my school. But there was nothing holding me, holding me back. Right. But, uh, you know, but sometimes in certain places you end up a little bit more lonely. You know, you have less... I don't know for what circumstances. No, I, I completely understand. So, and I'm doing long distance with my, with my boyfriend, you know, certain things were not, it was, it was kind of dying out a little bit and the distance was hard, but anyways, that's for context. And one day I'm probably set to return to Montreal, you know, within three weeks or a month or something like that. And I get an email from the, so the name of the Brazilian man is Fabio. And so I get an email from Fabio saying, Hey, I'm in Europe. Um, I'm in Portugal at the time, like uh, right at the moment, and I think I'm gonna go to Paris next. Where Where are you in the world? Are you traveling? Are you in Canada? And I'm like, well, actually, I'm in Paris, uh, but I'm only here for another like two weeks or three weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm here. It's it's great. It's great work and all that. You know, it's cold though, and but spring is coming and all these things. And he's like, I'm gonna try to make it. 
And I'm like, okay, let me know. And um, yeah, like a week later, I get another email. I'm in Paris. But So how did you feel, though, when there was the idea that you were going to see him? How did, how did you feel? Extremely, extremely excited. Um, I felt like, I really felt, I surprised myself at how excited I was. Um, you know, at the time, I, I wasn't, I was, I was fine. I wasn't particularly, like, looking to change. I wasn't looking for change. I was just, like, going about my business, and I realized how excited I was at the prospect of reconnecting with someone that felt like, like family in some ways from a different, from a past life. Mm. <clears throat> but, yeah, I was giddy. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> could it be? What am I going to do? Also, the city of romance. But remember, I'm in a relationship at this point. Yes, I do remember that. Don't forget. Okay. That. Um, so he tells me, you know, I'm in Paris. I, let's get together. I, you know, went back and forth. I'm like, I don't, should I? Like, you know, I wanted to be mindful and respectful and all these things. And I'm like, oh, come on, don't be silly. You know, you, you have to. So we met up one night for drinks, and it was just going to be, you know, a couple of drinks and catching up. And uh, we just kept going. We met for drinks, and then we ended up having dinner, and then more drinks. And then we, it was, you know, really late. It was like 1 or 2 in the morning, and we're like, we just didn't want it to end. And we found this bar for travelers, and it was like this old, old, dark Parisian in Le Marais. And it was this just dark bar, and it had a, like a like a hotel like a hostel mm. or like rooms upstairs for transient people and people would kept coming in with huge violins and then and, and luggage and you could tell it was just it was meant for like almost a train station it was just like transient or a movie scene but whatever you want to whatever it could so be so we're in for. this bar with all this whole thing and 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 we just kept going and we probably we saw the sunrise mm. and we're like okay we need we need to go home we've been drinking for like ten hours twelve hours just talking and catching up and we just couldn't stop and I'm like okay let's go yeah let's go and then and then we went you know and we said bye and I was, yeah I'll, you know we'll speak soon and I think we both were just tingling with just as the as the night went by we just I I just knew mm. I was in trouble. I just knew I was in trouble, and I think he didn't. I didn't tell him I had a boyfriend. We didn't bring it up, and I didn't ask him anything. And but you know, in my, in, I was I was pretty. You know, I had boundaries. Mm. You know, and I. It, had, it was just very friendly, but I was tingling, and I'm like, I'm in trouble, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. And so I went home, and you know, he texted me the next day, and everything, and wanted to see me, and I was just like, I can't see him. You know, no. I can't. I can't. No, I can't see him. Had he changed at all? Like, had, was there something that yeah, he'd also, yeah. you know, that it had gone to, like, he a different was the level? Same. He was the same. I yeah. had changed. You had changed? I had changed. But even in my change, I was just growing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just took me, like, it just, I, I, it surprised me. I just didn't expect. I thought I was going to be excited to see him, and I was going to be glad in some ways that... You know, I, I lived this incredible, like, passionate affair in, in, in Italy years prior, and I was seeing this beautiful, gorgeous man that is also so, really interesting and caring, and I was going to be happy that, you know, I had gone, but also realizing that that was no longer Life me. Life has moved on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. has moved on, but instead I was just tingling, like, exploding with just, like, marvel. And, um, and I didn't, I, you know, I avoided him. For several days, I was like, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to put myself in that position. And, you know, and I was leaving. And a few days before leaving, you know, he, he, he told me, he's like, I don't, you're, you're leaving soon. And it feels like you're avoiding me. And I just, I just want to catch up before, you know, we won't get the chance to meet each other again, Aitana. And I was, I was like, okay. And so we went out to have drinks one night, like two days before leaving. And, uh. Yeah, I was just I I was just in love. There was nothing I could do. Had you felt anything like that before? Never. Never. And I I and nothing happened, you know, nothing happened, but we talked and but I told knew. him I told him I had a boyfriend and he was just heartbroken and he was and he's very, you know, very respectful and he was just like heartbroken and he's like that's, you know, that's 
terrible and you know what am I gonna do and I'm like I know I don't know what I'm gonna do either but you know this is what it is and so I left Paris just completely torn and I I arrived in, in Montreal and I was just like my mind was just elsewhere I just I felt like a missing part and I just I would I could have I would just realize I was out of control in some ways I, I there was no controlling my feelings and there was no controlling my thoughts mm. it's just like my mind was somewhere else and why um this might be a very ignorant question though but why wasn't it just a no-brainer that you would end this relationship that you were in and and kind of be with with him be- I know that's not how the world works like I didn't, you know, the way that our lives were, we traveled everywhere and met so many people and he was older and extremely good looking. It wasn't like, you know, and as he travels, I just figured, you know, like, it's not, it's not a job where you commit. Like right. people weren't in long-term relationships and modeling and So just because you'd fallen in love, it didn't mean that you guys were going to necessarily have this amazing relationship together. Exactly. So do you give up something that you do have? It felt very, okay. yeah, it felt very It was much- risky. Yeah, and it felt more a passionate thing than it was a relationship commit committal thing. Mm-hmm. You know? And also, my life, you know, I was so transient and going everywhere. I, it, it, for me, I found balance with having someone more stable because it was where home was, was where that more stable person was in some ways. Home was wherever I went, but in some ways and, it was some, yeah. a, point, a point of return. Like there was one sort of structure or, yeah, a, yeah, a constant and so it just didn't seem like I just wasn't even thinking about it so much. I just it wasn't. I was twenty to, or at this point, yeah, twenty twenty one maybe. You know. Yeah. Whatever. Twelve maybe twenty. I don't know. You know that you don't think you just you you suffer yeah. at that age. You just suffer bad decisions and good decisions. But you you know you're just like ah. And so I went. You know I went back to Montreal and I just it it was beyond. I just couldn't. It was it was, you know, I I had to send him emails all the time. We started emailing all the time and telling each other beautiful things and kind of courting each other but in a in a in a in a shy way, you know, knowing that I had a person in my life and he didn't know what I was gonna do with it. And uh but he was very sweet and, and he was sending me poetry and, and you know, sending me notes and mail and all these things and and then I, you know, I but I it, I calmed it down and I Continued with my relationship, and then months later, I, I I went to Spain. I was living in Barcelona for three months, and so this is only a few months after. So the you know that was in spring and summer. I'm in Barcelona, and he's in Germany, and he says, "I must see you, and I'm going to Barcelona. I hope that you see me when I get there." And so he came to see me in Barcelona and the moment that we saw each other it was over it was like completely over um so I jumped on a plane I don't know why I did this Zaza this is insane but I there was like so much guilt in me I I didn't know it was so big Mm. and I just had to do something big to release it release it yeah. and so I, I took a plane it took me like two days to make it to Montreal I had to stop in Morocco and <laughs> Portugal to different planes I make it back to Montreal and I break up with my boyfriend and I tell him why and uh, it was very hard yeah. and I literally stayed three days in Montreal saw my family cried with my friends I was like guys you don't know what's happening to me I'm breaking someone that is beautiful I'm breaking his heart he doesn't deserve it. I've, you know, I've been emotionally unfaithful. And, um, and I'm going to have to break his heart. And I just, it's so, you know, it was just like so horrible. And, uh, and also, also so losing someone as well. You yeah. Know? And so, uh, yeah, I let him go. And then I literally jumped on a plane and went back. And uh, we, yeah, we just, our love was consolidated in Barcelona for sure. Barcelona was beautiful for us. And then, you know, I could not go anywhere where he wasn't. And so I was meant to go back to Canada and I canceled everything. And I, 
I said, no, I'm going to Germany. And I remember calling my, my, my mother and telling her, I'm not coming back. I'm going to Germany. And she's like, Germany? Why? Again? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, Fabio's there. And I, I'm, 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 I'm going. going. I'm going. And she's like, okay, well, good luck. Enjoy. Call me when you get there. And that was it. It was... I remember being in a call at the time. There were no mobiles or anything like we had mobiles, but you couldn't call international. I had no. to go to the phone, the phone center with all the like Somalis in my in the, this Barcelona neighborhood that I was in, and you go into a little booth and and call him and say like I'm I need to be with you and and I it's beyond me and you know I've always thought I was a pretty controlled or like you know I could make reason reason enter my decision you know I could but I was it was everything was unreasonable and I just it was a complete loss of control and there was nothing I could do and I and I went to Germany and then from Germany we moved everywhere we stayed together for about six years and we lived in I don't know, 10 countries and we traveled together the rest and I went back to Montreal finished my studies so we were long distance for a year I finished everything and when I graduated that was like four years in Europe living and then Brazil and then everything. And you were modeling at the time as mm -hmm. well? To yeah. Of, yeah, so we were both modeling and we would travel everywhere but we had always homes in places and we lived so many incredible things, you know, we, we, we had our routines like fall in Milan, spring in Barcelona, oh August always in Germany and let's go to London, let's go six months, let's get an apartment in Paris, let's go back to you know, this place or that place, and then Brazil for a year. And then is, it as is it as amazing as it sounds? I mean, it, yes. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, but, you know, when you don't know anything else, it's just you just live it. Yeah. And um, it was also a lot of hardship. You know, you, you don't have a home. You don't have stability. You spend so much time surrounded by people that are constantly criticizing you, uh, not only physically, but also criticizing your your person because they don't want your opinions they don't yeah. want you to necessarily be they don't want someone rich in i in thought and opinions and ideas they want someone rich in conveying them through the art form of photography or you know character playing and so you know they it's hard it's a hard and you get rejected all the time all the time so you know there's a lot of highs and lows and there's a lot of instability and you know, sometimes you don't work very well and you're poor, you know, and then sometimes you work incredi incredibly well and then you're rich and then you're, how do you manage all that? And then you're far away from family and you're tired and you're constantly traveling and you're, sometimes you feel so alone, but then you have that partnership that we had. And so I think that's the only reason why, I think I would have left modeling right after university if it wasn't for him. I was already, I never loved it. I, you know, I saw it as an opportunity and it paid for my studies um, and I would have, I, 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 I'm almost sure that I, it would have been that as soon as I got my diploma, I would have started doing something else. And, but the opportunity of traveling the world with someone that is like family and I'm in love with, and we had incredible stories. It was so much fun. You know, it was an incredible six years of my life. And he's the reason why I'm in New York, because we were meant to move to Brazil and he, he had to stop in New York. And, you know, I said, okay, I'll join you for three months. And then I was the one that said, we have to stay. Three months is not enough. So, okay. So you've been living everywhere. So what was it about New York? I don't know. Just yeah. the right place at the right time. I had been to New York before for jobs. I never really liked it. It just felt like a massive Starbucks to me. Right. Well, I think it, what, what year was that when you came? Because when I arrived seven years ago, it, for me it was a... It, I sort of felt the same way. I was like, there's a Starbucks in every corner. There's the same chain store. Like, not what you would expect of New York. But then you discover the deeper parts of West Village and the East Village. Like, you know, if you, if you know where to go and what to do, then you can see the rest. For me, I think New York was an, an adventure that I knew was not for my youth. It was for, not, not my youth, but I just felt like Europe was a playground <clears throat> where... I don't know, it felt like close to, fa to, close to home. felt like, uh, you know, I could understand Europeans, no matter who they were in each country, you kind of quickly picked up on their pet peeves and the way that they, things worked there. And it just felt 
like an extension of what I was familiar with. America, for me, coming from Montreal, seemed... It, seemed, it was different. It was... Uh, it was just, it was just a something experience. a little more mature, it felt to me at the time. Something for adults that work. And I, I wasn't in that mode. I was more in the magical still. And when I first got here, I didn't want to, I, you know, I said yes, I'll, I'll spend three months because he, you know, he insisted. And, and I was like, okay, let's do it. I'll, I'll do it as well. And then after three months, as I discovered the city, I was just like, oh my God, this is everything that I need right now. It has <clears throat> intelligent conversations. It has secret places. It has, it's close to home. You know, in an hour I'm in Montreal. It's, it's open to anyone and everyone. The opportunities are infinite. Yeah, and also the amount of Europeans, but not even just Europeans, and throw in every other culture that you could possibly yeah. imagine is here as well. I fell in love with New York. Yeah. Oy. And it's been almost 10 years, 9 years. Someone explained it to me the other day. They were talking about films and when New York, when it's set in New York, you have another character in the film, and that is New York. It is its own piece. You know? So when people yeah. say they fall in love with it, I can understand because it is like a, a partnership that you have with this place. It's incredible. Anyway, okay, so, so you move here three months and you decide to stay? Yeah, and we stayed. And we stayed. And it was great. And then, you know, probably about a year, a year and a half after, you know, we, we had a little apartment in Gramercy Park. And it was great, but I think he was starting to get very homesick. And, uh, he, you know, by that, I was what? At that time, I was probably 25. And he was 32, 33. You know, a man. And I think he started wanting more... Um, maybe more stability and he didn't want to fight all the time to get work and he you know he things that he, he's a surfer and proximity to the beach and proximity to his family to his culture to his people to his ways he you know he was very kind of old old school in some ways and I think he was missing that he he the loneliness was starting to get a little bit much and he was getting homesick and I was in my prime I was 25 so it was like I am not homesick. I am just getting here. started. Yeah, I'm just—it's just getting started. Like this is a whole new universe. New York is just like—I knew I was gonna bloom here, and or, or, you know, or at least expand. And it was just the beginning, and I was up for it. And and as he was kind of winding down, I was winding up, winding up, and uh, he returned to Brazil, and uh, I stayed. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was a painful, it was a painful dismantling, but about a year and a half in, you know, I started, we started realizing we weren't on the same kind of path, and it was very hard, because we were still very much in love, but at one point, you know, we weren't happy anymore, you have to kind of follow your path, and, and we had to take the difficult decision, but we took it, and we were, you know, we remained friends, I'm very close to his family, we, you know. Every year we talk and catch up, and I see his family every year. They come to visit, and but uh, but we yeah. So he returned, and I stayed. And the and and how did you? So this is your first love, yeah. And the, the the love that lasted, what six years? Well, and didn't and and ended not because you know, and ended because of different circumstances, but more meaning, like from what I hear though, that the first love. It, <laughs> is the deepest <laughs> uh but also that it, it's the hardest one to to get over or to to sort of like move forward was that sort of how you felt about it or because of the circumstances and you made it a decision for yourself it was a it was a little bit easier I don't know it was so hard you know I don't know I have no idea how other people do I don't know how, you know, other people's experience. I don't know that the first love is the, you know, I don't know any of this. Um, they say. Yeah. But I don't know. And I, I've never really considered my paths to be typical of other people's or like, oh, you know, they say so I could expect. I just, I didn't know anything. And I just knew that whatever it was that I was feeling or living or it was complete, it was going to be a complete unique experience. And all I could maybe 
relate to is me, my, my, my parents or my people from my family or my closest friends that where we came from the same bulk or stack, you know. And so that, that was my only point of reference. And both my parents are very romantic people. And every, you know, in all the mom- in all the steps of, for me, the I guess what I mean to say is that from all of the incredible phases of our love, you know, from the first, you know, to the our, our first encounter, to then the letters, to then meeting again in Paris, mm. Paris of all cities, come on, <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, and then Barcelona, the you know, the consolidation and then all these things. For me, I think the, the most impactful moment or what I've kept as a, as a point of reference is that, that sensation that I had when I just knew I couldn't do without. I just, I've, that was so powerful. And when you're young, you, you, a lot of things are powerful. And I felt very strong about other things as well. Like I remember, you know, the first time you get this or you get that, you're like, whoa, like life could change. But to this day, I look back at that moment and I remember I called my father, both people, not my mother, but I called my father, who is, you know, the man that taught me poetry and capitals of the world and, you know, would tell me about his, you know, the, love, the loves of his youth. And he would tell me almost like, oh, you know, I, uh, I thought of her for five years, but... Um, yeah, and then, you know, I couldn't sleep, and but I had to see her again, and I, and I went to Costa Rica, and I saw her, and it just wasn't the same love, and, mm. you know, and then he would tell me about my mother and things. He was always the most romantic, you know, could understand, could understand complete and utter irrationality, mm. and so I called him, and I remember I was, I called him, and I said, you know, I have, a, I have a problem, I have an issue. I told him, look, you know, this is what happened, and I'm in love, like, what do I do? Do I break up with my boy? You know, and my father was the first one to say, Aitana, you know what you have to do. You have to break up and you have to follow yeah. your heart. Like, you have to go with this man. I'm, I know it's going to be hard, but I don't think you have a choice. He said, Aitana, be happy. He goes, the worst thing that can happen in your life, he goes, it's not to not fall in love or it's not to fall in love with too many people. The worst, um, like the, 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 the worst thing that you can ever possibly have happen to you is to fall in love with the wrong person. Really? Yeah. And I've thought about that a lot because I'm like, Really, the worst? <laughs> well, because in my brain, I'm like, oh, you get to fall in love, though. But I mean. He says that's the worst thing because he goes, there's nothing you can do, and you fall in love with the wrong person, there's nothing you can do. You're, 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 you're still in love. And they can, and, they, and you can, you know, to your demise almost. But do, but do you have any power of who you fall in love with? No. So you can't. It, you can't even worry about this. Right. The biggest thing that could right. happen because so you have he no was, control. Right. So he, what he was telling me was be happy that it's the right person. Mm. Whether it becomes not right or not. But right in a, this moment. Right in this moment. Everything is available to you to go get it. You know, it's not someone that you can't get. It's not someone that you shouldn't. Like, it's not. It's just go get it. You're also like, what, 22 or something at the time as well. Like, if, you, if there is ever a moment where you can go and do this, it is now. Yeah. And like, go. Go get it. And I bet your dad is like, you know, this beautiful daughter and she's saying, I'm in love. I mean, that's, he must be yeah. he's been so happy as well. I think so. I think he saw was of his crop. So has this epic sort of love, um, uh, has it been something then that you've, been searching for again or you see it as time and every experience is a new experience but because you felt that incredible draw um to someone and that sort of uncontrollability of it do you crave that now or because you're a bit more just older you're actually no now I'm a bit more I it's a bit more of a decision yeah that was the first one, but that was by no means the only. You know, <laughs> I had. There's one. There's one more, and I. I think the the, the love I felt afterwards, um, 
was bigger. My true, true love is not Fabio. Mm. You know, and um, I felt a lot more love afterwards in, in another relationship. <clears throat> but even in that, I knew that the foundations had been laid already with Fabio. I knew... I feel, when I start feeling that com discord, like complete lack of control, there is nothing I ca I cannot help myself but get on that bus, get on that train, get on that plane, make that call. When I start seeing that I'm, I'm my mind is telling me no, no, do this, but I, <clears throat> I I know that mania that enters me. I I enter mania and I'm like, I don't care. I have to do that other thing. And it's that same gut feeling that I recall every time, you know, it's only happened to me one more time, but I, when I felt it, I went, oh my God, that's that, that, that feeling, it's mm. that, that, that Fabio feeling. And it's no longer about Fabio, Fabio no, it's but I, love, I yeah. yeah, that thing. And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> so currently at the moment, are you, are you a single? I'm single. And how, how, how are you as, at being single? Do you, are you an embracer of it or? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I love being single. I really I can do. see it on your face. You've got this big smile. I love being single. I love being single because I like, I like spending time with myself. <laughs> no, but I really do. I, I guess I, I'm, I don't know. I'm someone that needs a lot of time alone. Um, I like reflecting and, and, and I like being thrown in a, t like a tumble dry alone and, and feeling all the hits and bumps and, and uplifting and all these things. I love meeting all kinds of different people that come and inspire that, that journey and, and it, they don't, it doesn't, and oh, and I don't, shall I say it is, I like that there's people coming and influencing it and then, and move, then, moving, and then on. moving on. Yeah. I love that yeah. because it feels very rich and, and open and inclusive in my experience. I love having inspirations from different people coming and feeding it. And I don't know. I just always know that there's always different iterations of myself constantly. It's always me, but it's, I don't, a year from now. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I love that. And that's, for me, full expansion and full ability of, of letting the path influence, you, insp not influence, inspire the journey. And when I'm ready, you know, I think it's going to, maybe it happens before I'm ready. Maybe it happens way after I'm ready. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> happened already. But I feel like every single metamorphose metamorphosis Metam metamorphosis Meta yeah a state I'm that I go through is only bring me to a better partner right you know and, and, and yeah so I'm very excited in some ways this is crafting time right I, so th this is a new thing that um, has been interesting and I think that I'm noticing it more now in New York I guess than say um my world in Australia because I think a lot of people uh, the current trend is meet someone in your 20s um, get married in your late 20s and then you know and babies and stuff but in New York what seems to be happening is that really when this um, it's getting much much later and what's happening is that you grow as a person a lot more so then in some ways you have a higher standard of a partner not necessarily you but like a higher standard of a partner more meaning i've dealt with this shit of mine i've learned this i am now more um sophisticated in this area da, da, da. i kind of hope you've gone through a journey as well mm -hmm. and and we're we're kind of at a similar kind of level here we've learned from our mistakes we're not where when you meet someone and you're 21 you're 21 you're going through that whole journey together mm -hmm. and learning and this is, so it's, it's interesting. I, I don't want to say that I completely understand what, what you were saying before, but it, it does remind me of that, of that idea of everything that is happening is just making me hopefully a stronger, better, healthier person. So when, when you do meet that right person, we can start 
then we've got this new life together that's a little bit probably more lighter and fresher mm-hmm. because we've already dealt with some hours a lot of our shit hopefully mm-hmm. yeah. you know it's I was thinking about this the other day I was chatting with a, a dear friend of mine who's married and 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 She's she's just beautiful. She just has so she's so insightful, and we were just and we we're talking about um, you know different things and religion, and love, and and p- uh, time for yourself, and then growing, and then meditation, and all these things. And she said something. She said. She said, you know, it's funny, we're we're in relationships, and uh, you kind of you wish you wish you had more time to yourself. You wish you could experience that or this person, not necessarily in a sexual manner. No, in a, in a more more than just superficial, you, you, or not superficial, but limited friendships or this you exchanges. You, you actually can go and, and let whatever is meant to manifest itself manifest. She goes, but you know, we, we're in these committed relationships and then we crave that freedom. She goes, but then when we're free, mm. we're so miserable because we feel like only partial. Like we feel like we're, we're either recovering from an old relationship or... Looking searching for, for searching for love and and yet, therefore uh, this idea of incomplete. She goes and you know, in her philosophy she goes, you know I was reading about the yin and the yang. She goes, I don't know which one is which, but you know yeah. <laughs> whichever like yin is like peaceful and and a little bit more what we associate with feminine energy, just more peaceful and and it actually can take the whole circle on its own and be great. It takes out all the sin, but it's 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 in harmony. And mm-hmm. the yang is more the a little bit darker impulse and, and cravings and temptation and, 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 and more carnal in some ways or dark or this often associated with a little bit I don't know why it's associated with genders I don't at all agree but you know more what we consider testosterone right. driven reactions more visceral perhaps and she said when that gets out of whack you know she goes it almost manifests as women it almost manifests physically as well in your face and things you start adopting letting that side of you take over a little bit and, and, and eat away from the the harmony that is you know sourcing that and she goes it's funny how we're, when we're alone we we almost like get either <clears throat> we let that darkness the thoughts of loneliness and 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 the need I need to have you know I need to have sex or I need to have a romantic passionate thing where I have to fight with someone where I have to go on dates or I have to keep going or keep moving or keep 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 feeling something instead of letting the yin kind of take over just harmony peace focus on yourself and what's so wrong about being alone like we already have the both all the two things inside doesn't mean there's no space for anyone else because they apport they enrich both both sides but we don't need someone else to Completely. find the harmony mm. just we don't need we the harmony is a conversation that is mostly solo and and you know and then things constantly people come in and out or whatever and then you we 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 you know we balance but she goes you know this this big thing about like you're either alone and searching or alone and and in disharmony and she goes like we need to, we as a society, both men and women, we need to get better at that. And I thought that was, it's simple. It's nothing that we haven't heard before. No, but I just I thought it. Her her thought really that night inspired me, and I and I have to agree. And that's in some ways right now. I'm, you know, I <clears throat> I find inspiration in so many different uh, things and places and people. But I I can tell that there's a lot of work still in the harmony, and I'm excited at the at the at the. At the thought that I have all the time and all the freedom and all the tools and all the things to do that for myself. And I'm grateful for that. Really. No, I, I, I completely hear what you're saying. And I also think that the harmony will also change. You know, you, you have to, it is a thing that you always constant work on because as you change, the, the, you need to, it's like my mom used to meditate every morning for 30 minutes. She had to, she was kind of losing it a bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But then over time, she got stronger and 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 sort of more uh, happier in herself. She doesn't have to do that anymore. But then she found other ways that. So it is. It's a constant thing that we always have to work on. And I think for me currently, it's more like I just want to stop fighting 
that I have to do it. I want to embrace it. It's actually a lovely thing to do and it's going to make me better rather than there's all these things I should do to make myself better. Yeah. And I don't want to because fuck you, I work really hard (laughs) and I do other stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 this is is actually supposed to be a lovely thing. Yeah. And a lot of people in the world wish they had this opportunity, Mm -hmm. they had the time to do it. So don't take it for granted Mm -hmm. because it is... Yeah, but I do think it is a constant thing that we'll all constantly sort of be working on. And you know, also, just two days ago, I realized something. I was sitting there in my, in my, in my house, looking out the window, one of those nights, just kind of like unloading from the day. And I thought, you know, I just remembered like two and a half years ago where I was in my life and, you know, the things I wished for. And um, I just, for a second, I just got myself back to November 2014, 2015, and thought of what the things I had asked. Mm. The universe for? Yeah. You know, not, not directly. No, but I know. It just that what I you had, put out there. I, what I put out there that yeah. I wanted to accomplish. And I realized that a lot of the things I thought I actually have accomplished. Mm-hmm. And for a second, I just got a little bit sad. I'm like, Aitana, you have not cele- celebrated yourself. And if I had any friend that... I had seen accomplish this. As a friend, I would say, we got to celebrate. Yeah. Let me take you out. Let's go out. Let's go celebrate. Let's at least acknowledge this. Yeah. Why are we not able to celebrate ourselves? I have, I have not taken my... I mean, I celebrate every day. <laughs> to be honest, I'm quite indulgent. So no. I, maybe I, I do think that but it's already it, I'm indulgent enough. I don't, think it, I don't think you're really meaning let's have a glass of champagne. It's more no. like, I, why, when am I going to give myself a break that I have actually achieved yeah. what I've been wanting to and just go, hey, just... Good job. Good, yeah. Well done. Good, You've come a long way and there's more to come. Exactly. Take this time to observe what you've accomplished and be happy and proud and give yourself a good pat in the back. Like, well fucking done. And we, I don't think we do that enough to ourselves. Like, to go like, fucking good job. You did it. Even talking about this makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> but I, I know I, and I, I think you're also sort of right it's, that's what's lovely about friends because so, sometimes they are the reminder um, of what you have achieved because sometimes you are a bit but blindsided to it thank you so much thank you Zaza this was really this was lovely, lovely. Oh, yeah, yeah. we'll have to do it again <laughs>